But if you do everything you can to say, and then you look in the mirror at the end of the day and you're proud of yourself for the work you put in that day, then you can, then you can sleep good. And then tomorrow you wake up and do the same thing, everything you can. And then your 11 months is here before you know it. And you're a different person and you reach your goal. You know what I mean? This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that Gosh, man, that was, was the moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. I apologize for being a little bit late this week. Expect episodes to be a little bit more sporadic the next couple weeks. I just moved and got a dog, so life is a little bit chaotic. I do have some good ones recorded, just like this one. Just didn't get a chance to get it out on time. So uh, thank you for being flexible with me. This week, we are sitting down with Lane Palm. Lane is a chiropractor as well as an elite weightlifter. He got a chance to compete internationally for Team USA last year. Kind of burst onto the scene out of nowhere with a huge total in 2021. He was doing CrossFit and then ended up switching over to weightlifting. He has a really cool story until he had a huge injury this year, a couple weeks ago actually, hurt his elbow and is currently working his way from that. So his goals had to pause, take a back seat and just work on recovering the injury. So I love kind of talking to people during this time when things aren't going so well. And I think Lane brings a ton of insight and I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Yeah, man. So you're out in Texas? Yes. So I'm from Chicago originally. Um, moved down here for work. And then when I moved down here, I was just doing CrossFit. So like it wasn't until I met Brittany that all the weightlifting stuff really took off. Yeah. But we're near Austin is where we're living. Okay. I really love it down here. Yeah, it's awesome. You like it? Yeah, it's great. We uh, We just got back. We went to Austin probably in December. It was definitely... It was a little bit different than I thought. I don't know if I was expecting. What like, did you expect? I don't know. I thought it was like the <laughs> mecca of influencer fitness. And I thought there was going to be like kind of all these activities to do. And there was, but it wasn't as much as I thought. Yeah. I mean, it, it is like it is like that. Like everyone here is a personal trainer. Everyone here is a nutritionist. You know, like all like just like you would expect. And just like all the you know, big headquarters of different companies are here and like so much stuff is happening here, right? Alico just moved their like American headquarters here, which is super cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool because of how much stuff is going on. But like, if you're really trying to like, say you're a business owner or something and you're trying and you're in the field, like we are health and fitness, it's, it's kind of difficult. You got to really like do something to stand out because you're kind of a dime a dozen here, you know? which is cool. Right. I mean, like it's our crowd of people, but like it's, it's tough to stand out. Right. If you're trying to stand out or make a name for yourself for sure. So, but it's, it's good. Cause that's what elevates you. You know what I mean? Like if you are the top of your, if you're the biggest fish in, what is it? What is this thing? If you're like the biggest fish in your pond, your pond's too small. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Big fish in so a small like, pond. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's good. Cause it elevates you. It makes you want to be better. It makes you try to push the limits a little bit, you know, which is good. How do you go about finding a network? Like you said, there's a bunch of people around. So is it, mm-hmm. I mean, is it easy or is it kind of hard to find the right people? 
it's not i don't think it's hard at all because we love so we me and my wife both coach crossfit right and then i'm involved in the weightlifting community around here right so i mean it's if you're involved in those things and it's just like going to the crossfit gym it's full of people just like you right like the gym we're going to now it's in south austin it's like full of people our age full of people doing different like different entrepreneurial stuff or you know they're involved in different businesses and stuff like a guy um at the gym works for for c4 right and he just like asked me if i want to do a photo shoot for them one time you know and like that whenever would have happened if you just weren't like around that person you know so it's kind of cool like that's one thing i've always loved about crossfit is the community aspect of it and it opens like so many doors for you of course if you're a good person right like it opens doors for you and opportunities <laughs> yeah if you're not an asshole when you drop in somewhere yeah. yeah if you're an asshole then nobody wants anything to do with you but but i think crossfit does a good job of checking that for most people yeah yeah i have um i have noticed that like dropping into different gyms and it's funny mm -hmm. you kind of you pick up on the vibe really fast even though i feel like it's hard to get into the community right away but if you drop in one or two times, like, you know, the vibe of the gym, you start to get a feel for, you know, is it competitive? Is it, um, is it, um, here, I'm, was I like skipping a little bit? No. So, okay. It says my internet's unstable, but we should be good. Uh oh, we'll be good. Um, yeah. So I have an internet hopefully until, until Monday of next week. So that'd be funny if they cut it out right now. Oh uh, yeah. That would not be good. <laughs> but yeah i mean the the vibe and i think that's important like um you can usually tell a gym like i notice right away if if i like it or if i don't it's usually one class pretty fast yeah and the thing is too like yeah each gym is different right so like you go to you drop into a gym like the community aspect is going to be pretty similar your workouts are going to look kind of similar right you're going to be doing kind of similar thing in that hour window but yeah, the personalities, right? That's going to be because it, I think it starts at the top and then down, right? Like the leadership of the gym, you know, whether or not they aspire to be like a competitive gym or like, a, you know, some sort of like gym that's, you know, just all inclusive, open for everyone, right? You can feel like, okay, this is what the leader is trying to set the tone for in this gym. And it kind of trickles down, you know? So I think every gym is going to have its own kind of uniqueness. So then like you figure out where you jive, right? Like, okay, this community is going to help me, you know, push my goals of being competitive, right? Or this is going to have, this This gym's going to be like this safe place that I was looking for, right? And you do pick up on that pretty fast. And I think that's good because like, I mean, obviously it's good to, if you're looking for something that's going to maybe like push you out of your comfort zone, then that's good too. You don't want to just jump ship if it's not like, you know, exactly the perfect fit for you either. But I mean... It's cool because you can find a group of people there that's going to push you and make you better, you know? And I think weightlifting is just, is very similar and getting involved in that community here is, is awesome too. It's obviously a different, much different feel if you go to, you know, barbell club opposed to a CrossFit gym. You know, I love, I love that community that's at both. So I understand why some are both great. But ha so have you noticed, like, the more you get into weightlifting, is it hard to keep one foot in CrossFit and, like, care about coaching, essentially? Or is it always something that you're kind of passionate about? And even if you're not doing it actively, you're able to, to enjoy it? Yeah, it's not 
it's definitely not hard for me to stay like passionate about coaching because like so i don't do any crossfit now right so that's not like the coaching aspect of crossfit is like sorry my wife just walked into the room the coaching aspect of CrossFit is like, I love it because I love getting to see taking people, whether or not they're competitors, you know, taking them, you know, to another level of, of being even more competitive or like having someone who's never worked out before. Right. And like starting to get them into like healthy habits and exercise. Right. Cause so I'm a chiropractor too. That's what I do like full time. Um, so like getting people like out of pain and then getting them into like a healthy routine of exercising. Right. I think that's like, it's all health is all, all encompassing thing. Right. So like, I think exercise and community, the two things that CrossFit, I think offer like really, really well, like two of their strongest suits. Um, like, I, I just think that's so important. I like to love being a part of that, like for people in a part of that journey for them. And like a lot of people don't have, you know, once you get out of college and you start a career, you don't have a lot of positive like communities. Right. So I think getting into a CrossFit gym where, you know, it, you're pushing each other, everyone's encouraging each other. And then like, you have that kind of tribal like feel to it. And I think it, it, cha- it just changes people's lives. And like, I've seen it firsthand. I've been coaching CrossFit for probably seven years now, at least like, so all through college and then at least one class a week for the past seven years. And like, man, I see it over and over again, the people who just like say they're really shy when they come in or maybe insecure and then a little while being part of this, now they're like, man, this is my tribe. Like I come here and I suffer with these people, right? And we suffer through the same workout. And like, it, it like raises people's confidence because they feel safe there and they feel part of something. So then like it sp- spills over into all of their life. You know what I mean? So that was a really long-winded way to answer your question. But no, I like I, I love coaching CrossFit and I probably will continue to do that. I've been like encouraged to stop doing that because I run myself pretty thin. Like I know like Brittany's probably not thrilled about me, like spending my time coaching, you know, like, cause I think it's to her point, like if I could be spending more time focused on me as an athlete than me as a coach at the gym, you know, that's, that would be better. But in my, like some of my higher ups at my work, been like, Hey, are you spending a little bit too much time coaching and not, you know, focusing on this other work? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give it up. I'm not willing to give it up completely. So right now I just coach one class a week and that's good. Kind of gets my feel, makes me feel like I'm a part of the community, you know? And then honestly, I don't have much time for anything else at the moment anyways, but one class a week's good because I, down the road, I would love to open a gym. Like I'd love to open some sort of gym where I had like this whole encompassing like health where I could do my chiropractic stuff. My wife could do her nutritionist stuff. And then we could also have like a gym, right? So I think doing one class a week keeps me like fresh on that stuff too. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. it, it's it's hard for people, especially like if, you, if you're just getting into it, it's very intimidating because like you said, I mean, there's chiropractor if you get injured, it's CrossFit, nutrition, all this stuff. And it's like, where do I start? There, There's so many, you know, I mean, that's what I kind of try to like let people know, like just get get into one thing, like get it, yep. get into CrossFit, get into powerlifting, get into weightlifting, whatever. And then like you can always pick up on those things later, mm-hmm. like the, the nutrition. A lot of it, I mean, if you have like 
relatively good habits and all of those things, you're going to be healthier than 99% of the population. Absolutely. Yeah. And you just got to get started. Right. Cause I think a lot of the population, you're right. They're just like, they're intimidated to start. Like they know they want to be healthy. They know they feel like crap, but they just don't like have the confidence to start or know where to start, you know? So yeah, just stepping foot into a CrossFit gym, like that's a huge accomplishment for like a lot of people, you know? And yeah, we were man. talking about the different vibes at CrossFit gyms, but I think across the board, you step into a CrossFit gym, you're probably going to be, you know, accepted and feel welcome, you know? And it's even more of a bang for your buck. If you go to Planet Fitness and really don't know what to do, you're kind of just wasting your time. You're not really going to get a good workout. But if you have a good coach right off the bat who's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to scale it. And that's another thing that people kind of don't know is like, even though this guy next to you is doing chest to bar pull-ups, you don't have to do that to have a successful workout. You don't have to be walking on your hands or anything crazy like that. No. And that's the thing I try to tell people too, because ego, ego will definitely get you hurt in the gym. Like if you can't check that in real, and they don't like, these are where, this is where I'm at today. This is what I'm capable of, you know, skill wise or lifting wise. Like if you can, if you can be real with yourself, then you're not going to hurt yourself. But it's only when you push it too far, right? And you let ego kind of take over. That's when you hurt yourself. And I think CrossFit gets a bad name about that because maybe coaches should be a little bit more strict on like, hey, no, you're not allowed to do that or don't put that weight on the bar, right? But a lot of the, if you look at a lot of people getting injured in CrossFit, it's because of like ego. It's because we're doing something we probably shouldn't be doing, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then I, I guess that's a good segue into, so you just had a major, major injury. So kind of walk us through what happened. And, uh, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. So it was like 16 uh, days ago from, from today, I think. And we're improving every day, which is awesome. Right. So it was Friday night. We we're all going heavy at, at bear bear is, uh, the weightlifting club bear barbell. Right. Um, so snatching was going good. Like I was tired that day and I was nervous all day because I knew like all the remote people were going to be there. Like it was our summer camp. Right. So like we were all going to be there. We were all going to be lifting heavy, cheering for each other. And I was like kind of getting over a little sickness and I kind of felt tired and all day I was like nervous. I was like, man, I'm not going to lift good tonight in front of everyone and it's going to suck. But then uh, we were snatching and snatches were going good. Like I, so I worked up, and I, I don't think I missed a single lift all the way until 155 kilos. So that's that's the weight that I hurt myself. So I did one and I missed it behind just kind of like because Brittany was like, you know, if you're going to take this, you need to like be super aggressive. And if you're going to miss, I want you to miss behind. All right. So I did. I, I pulled and like I've been really working on being aggressive. Right. And it's working. Um, and I missed that one behind. And she was like, you got it. Like just rest a minute and, and do it again. And so I remember cause I, I used to not be able to sit at the bottom of a snatch and like stabilize myself before I stood up. And that was from CrossFit, you know, like you hit the bottom and you're just like up as fast as you can. So like we've been working on that and I caught the 55 and I was like shaking a little bit and I stabilized it. And then I was standing up and like, I was, if, if you look at the video, I was like already smiling. Like I was like, man, like I, I just hit this weight, you know, and I'm like standing up and I'm like almost all the way stood up. And I think my shoulder just kind of like buckled and internally rotated a little bit. And the weight started to shift behind me. 
So I took like a good, like to compensate, like a good, probably foot and a half, two foot, like step back with my left foot. And I think right when I did that, my shoulder rolled in a little bit. And I think the weight just perfectly kind of went, you know, like all through my elbow joint. So then my elbow, it literally felt like my arm snapped in half. Like, cause I remember when it first happened, I walked over at Brittany and I was like, I think I just broke my arm. Like it was kind of like in a more of a shock moment. Like I wasn't like freaking out or in a bunch of pain or anything. I was just like, man, I like my arm. I think it's broken. And then like, of course she used to be an EMT. So she's like super good at handling these situations. And she's like, okay, like, this is what we need to do, blah, blah, blah. And like, um, I think two things were just, she was in like, I need to fix this mode. So like, she wasn't like really like realizing like the extent of the situation either. Right. So she was like, okay, like we need to get you to the emergency room. So like I walked over, grabbed my stuff and I left and it was the craziest thing. Cause I, I remember being in the car and I was like, shit, like I just ruined Friday night lights for, for everyone. And like, I just left, like, I didn't even like, cause we had a good group of guys over in the corner that we were lifting with and we were all cheering each other on and stuff. And I remember after I like heard it, like, it, and then I stepped over to Brittany and then I grabbed my stuff and I left and I didn't even like look at them or say anything. And i kind of felt like a dick and I was like, man, but like it all happened so fast, you know? And I was just like, man, I hope that the vibe is not completely killed for the night. But I think the good thing was like, I wasn't like freaking out and I wasn't screaming and Brittany wasn't freaking out. So like, the night was fine, right? Because I don't think anybody knew really how bad it was because nobody even really – it happened so fast, and then I was, like, holding it. You know what I mean? So no one really saw it. Because once I, once I got in the car and I saw, like – and obviously my bone wasn't sticking out through the skin, but you could see the bones, like, sticking out, right? Like, my elbow was completely dislocated. So I was like, oh, shit, this is pretty bad, actually. <laughs> but, I mean, it was one of those crazy things, like – and then I sat at the ER for like four hours before they, you know, got to me and relocated it and stuff. I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I never got an MRI and like my, I'm improving every single day. So like, I'm not going to need surgery. I'm hoping I can compete again in like six months. That's my goal. Like maybe AO finals in December. Like that's my goal for hopefully getting back. And I think that's realistic, but I kind of have to take it day by day, you know? Yeah, for sure. And you put you made a really good post on Instagram that I like that you gave yourself 24 hours to be down about it. You know, it sucks having a major injury, but it was 24 hours and then you you're like, "All right, what can I do now?" Dude, you have to. Like you have to because I remember sitting in like when it first happened and then driving to the ER, I was like like I'm done. Like you think about it and you're like you don't know exactly how bad it is. You're just kind of sitting there, you're catastrophizing things. And you're like, I'm, I'm probably going to be done with weightlifting after this. You know, like, I'm not going to come back. Like, this sucks. Like, it's too hard to come back from. But then, like, you, you sit, you, you rationalize, right? You come to terms with, like, what happened. Um, and then, of course, you gain more information about the injury, too, right? But then, like, I decided, I was like, okay, like, I am definitely going to come back from this injury. Like, this is... This is just going to be like, you know, a little hiccup in the road, right? And never, and it's just going to make things sweeter when I do achieve my goals, right? But yeah, I was like, okay, I can feel bad for myself for a day. And like for that next day, I pretty much like analyzed everything that I could have changed leading up to that point. You know what I mean? Um, to like avoid that situation. But then I was like, no, like, and this was right before I made that post too. I was like, 
I was like, no, like it doesn't do me any good to sit here and look at what I could have changed because I can't change it now, you know? And it doesn't look, do me any good to sit here and feel bad for myself because what is that going to do? Like, I still have the injury. I still like, you know, like I can put in work on my, you know, my legs, like what is sitting here and feeling bad doesn't do anything. Right. It just holds me back. It holds me back and it, it's a waste of time. So whenever I feel those negative thoughts come into my head, because I do, you know, you think about like how good training was going and like your goals and like nationals coming up in a few weeks and like what could have been, but it's like, you feel those thoughts come in and you kick them out, you replace them with something else. And I, I feel like that's something we have to learn to do with every situation in life. You know, like tr training your brain to be like positive and look at the glass half full. Like that's not something that happens overnight. It's something you have to continually work on. But the, the first step is like whenever you feel negative thoughts, you know, like don't accept them and replace them with something else. You know what I mean? So that's what I've been working on. Because I don't want that post to come off as I don't still have negative thoughts or bad or like down moments because I do, but I really quickly change it and I don't let it stick around. And replacing it, I think that's important. Like you're still going to have them. Right. Absolutely. Like you still had a major injury and you had these goals, like you had a timeline and like everything was lining up well, and then it doesn't, you're not just going to be like, oh, well, I, like if you care about something, it's going yeah, to feel it's, upset. Exactly. But yeah, replacing it with something with something positive is big because if you're just if you try to not have it, it's just not that's not going to work because you're going to have negative no. thoughts. But if yeah, you, you, you got to acknowledge it, right? Like you do have to you can't just pretend like there's nothing like you can't pretend like there's no struggles, right? You can't pretend like it's all like rainbows and pages, right? Because it's not it's not. And if, if you've put that, if, if you think that way too, and you act like that, I don't think that helps anyone either because like, then people are like, well, why am I not like, like Lane? Like, why can't I just have positive thoughts all the time? Right. And that's, I don't want people to think that way because that's, I have negative thoughts just like everyone else. You know, we all do. That's just being, that's just being a human. It's just the way that you kind of reframe it and look at it. Have you done any like mindset work or, you know, specifically like looking at different books or podcasts? Like wh where do you kind of learn this from? I'd say it's, it's an accumulation of a lot of stuff because people do ask me that. And like growing up, um, like but growing up as a Christian, my faith has always been very important to me. And that's always been kind of like, you know, like a solid, a solid like foundation, right. To build off of, um, because I think with that, you always know that like, there's something bigger. There's like behind all of your struggles, there's like meaning, you know what I mean? Like, I think all of those things, like if you have those deep in your, in your core, like then you don't, it's easier to like bounce back and it's easy to not sweat the little things, you know? Um, and then I'd say like, as I got older, I've really liked to, uh, like, are you familiar with stoicism? Mm -hmm. So like reading a lot of like, um, like stoicism or like, I don't know if you've read any, like Ryan Holiday's books, like the obstacle is the way, like courage is calling, like some of these books that like, you know, they just talk about, you know, like the obstacle is the way, for example, one of my favorite books, you know, that just really shows in that book, you know, like, like through obstacles and through struggles, like you were able to then like reach even higher potential, 
You know what I mean? Like if you can realize that too, you can sit back and be like, okay, like I'm once I get through this injury, I'm going to be like an elevated version of myself that I never would have even be able, I would have never been able to even get there if I wouldn't have had the injury. You know what I mean? So like looking at things that way, it's like almost excites you a little bit. It's like, oh wow, like I'm having this struggle, which is going to make me stronger. Had I never had this struggle, I never would have got to that point. You know what I mean? It's hard to sometimes see that in the moment though. You know, like if you, you can tell yourself that, but it's not until you really achieve that goal and you look back and you're like, wow, like it was because of those hardships that I'm here now. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, reading about that stuff, I think is powerful. Like the, the obstacles away, that's a good one. But I think we miss like the, we miss the right now. We miss kind of hearing people when they're going through the injury. It's like, you, you know, people get interviewed after they win the championship game and they're like, oh, we went through so much adversity. And you're like, well, you didn't have like you, you, you weren't interviewing people in July when they were having like a terrible season. It's in October after they just won the World Series. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's kind of what I like to what I like to bring is like. Absolutely, because it's easy to. Yeah, you're right on because it's easy to see when you've achieved the goal and like later on and you're like, then it's easy to be excited and it's easy to be happy. Right. Cause you're through the hard time. Right. So yeah, it's totally different. And I do like that. And I was excited when you reached out to me about this. Cause I was excited to talk about it too. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's not easy. And like I do all the time kind of and Instagram doesn't make anything better. Right. I mean, you can see like, okay, these are the people that I was going to be competing with. Like, man, their training is going really good. And like, and when nationals rolls around this year in three weeks, like that's not going to be fun to sit back and watch. You know what I mean? So like, it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy, but it, it is the way that you frame things. And then, I mean, it has to be like, it has to be deep and it has to be like something that is like, I don't know what I'm trying to say this, but if it's, if it's like superficial, right. And it's just something that you read, but it's not something that's actually like true inside you, then it's going to be really, it's going to be really hard. So I think like working every single day to develop those, uh, those like foundations, right. Building like a strong foundation, like when times are good so that when times are hard, right. Then you can get through those things easier. Right. Now that means, I mean, you shouldn't wait until times are hard to try to get like more mentally strong. You know what I mean? It's going to force you to, but you should try to build that, that mental fortitude before times get hard. So then you can rely on it. Yeah. You, and you know, it's coming. Like, you right. know, that things aren't going to go well all the time. Exactly. Yeah. You're promised that. Right. I think we're promised in this life that things are going to be hard. Right. And like that whole, like kind of idea of yin yang, right? Like, the good and the bad, right? I mean, like, it, we're promised that, like, we're going to have hard times, right? And But without hard times, we wouldn't have, be able to have good times. You know what I mean? So, like, during the good times, you got to prepare for the bad times because life goes in cycles like that. Yep, 100%. So how'd you, how'd you get into all this? Cause I was, I was looking at your, <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> I, but weightlifting specifically, I was looking, so, so you did the, you did the, oh, me in 2017. And I think you, it said you bombed out. I'm not sure if that's, if that's statistically correct, but, and then you did a meet last year in 2021 and totaled like 320. 
like right off. Are you looking on bars? Yes. Are you looking on bars? Are you looking on my Instagram bars? Bars. Okay. Okay. So yeah. um, So I've been doing CrossFit since. So my high school wrestling coach, he was a level one trainer. He got me started. We would do CrossFit together every single day after school. That started like freshman year, eighth grade. And I was pretty scrawny. Like I wrestled one, 112 pounds my freshman year. So I was pretty scrawny. Um, but we would work out together every day after school. You know, I didn't probably go to a CrossFit gym until I was like in college. Um, but yeah, it was, so 2017, I would have been like a, maybe a sophomore in college, I think. Yeah. Something like that. But our, yeah, but I, me and my friend, we were just like, let's do a weightlifting meet. Like we didn't know anything about weightlifting. And I think I opened pretty much around what my maxes were at that time. <laughs> and I, I think I hit one clean and jerk and I think I bombed out on all of my snatches. So yeah, I was pretty frustrated after that. But I also, did, after I did that, I didn't have any desire to do weightlifting again. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to keep doing CrossFit. Like this is too, this is too stressful. Um, but I was always like good at weightlifting opposed to, you know, like, our monostructural stuff and our cardio pieces, you know, and our more aerobic stuff. So like, I always knew that my physiology leaned a little bit more towards that, like explosive and fast twitch. Um, and pretty much growing up, I just did wrestling. I was pretty much just a wrestler. So everything was pretty, pretty short, you know, like not doing long distance stuff, not doing a lot of aerobic work. I mean, besides what I did for wrestling, but I eventually got to the point where I was like, you know, like, I really feel like I'm fighting my physiology here. Like, I did compete at the regional level in CrossFit once. Um, I took dead last in the in the trail run. <laughs> I think I told you about that. Yeah. And I still, even for a year after that, I pretty much went all in on CrossFit. And I was like, okay, like, this is my weakness. I was doing, like, so much aerobic work. I lifted probably twice a week, pretty much just to, like, maintain what I had. And, like, I would still like PR my snatch in my clean event, like every once in a while. And like, I still was like very, very slowly getting better at running and cardio. So eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to do another meet. And I did one. And I actually, I think I hit, and this was before I met Brittany. I think I hit like maybe a 138 on the snatch. And I was always better at snatch. That was a clean jerk too. And then I want to say like maybe a fit 152 clean and jerk. I'm not sure. It's something like that. Um, and I think that total qualified me for, for nationals, I think. And that was like my first, first one I had done. So I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, I'm going to do this. And then I asked my, one of my coaches who was back home in Illinois, if he would like coach me up to AO one, work with me, like program for me. Cause I didn't know anything. And he did. Um, and it was awesome. He did great. Um, it was super nerve wracking. I think I went three for six in that first meet. Um, but then afterwards, like I was just doing some looking around for some local meets. I saw one in San Antonio that was offering cash prizes and, you know, weightlifting meets don't really do that. So I kind of messaged and it was bear barbell where my club is, where Brittany is now. Then I messaged and I asked, I was like, Hey, can I like get into this? I felt kind of like a douche for doing that because it was full already, but she let me in. Um, and I went down there and I was by myself and she offered to coach me. Right. Um, and then she coached me through the day and I think I PR'd my snatch and my clean jerk and I went six for six and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then we just got to talking and stuff. And she was like, 
one of the best things about Brittany, and there's lots of really great things about Brittany, um, is she can really make you believe in yourself and see your potential like more than you like ever thought you could. You know what I mean? So when she was talking to me and stuff, I was like, she got me really excited. And like, she was like, you can be really good at this sport. You know, like if we work together or not even if we work together, but she was like, if you commit to weightlifting, you know, and you do these things, like you can be really good at this sport. Like you could maybe even compete internationally. And that thought had never even went through my head because at AO one, I got demolished by, you know, Jordan Kentrell lifted like 40 kilos more than me. You know, I was like, I was like, it's going to take me like years and years to get to that point, you know? Um, but then she was talking to me and it all just worked out and she coached me at nationals with my other coach and she got Danny Camargo to be back there with me too, which was awesome. Um, and I think I went six for six and I got fifth place and that was my first national. And I was like, this is awesome. Um, so then it was really all in after that. And I mean, that was, so that was nationals last year. So, I mean, me and Brittany started together in April of 2021. So, I mean, this would have been our second nationals together. And like looking back on it and our goal was like to hit a total that was good enough for the world team, you know, in hindsight, you know, 2020 and thinking about it, like my snatch probably if the, everything went good, pro- would have been close enough probably to at least get on the podium for snatching. My clean jerk's just not there yet. You know, it's like my legs just, I think it's just going to take time. You know, it's going to take, that's the one thing that's holding me back. And I think that's just going to take another year. So like realistically, I probably wasn't going to do good enough this year to make it. So like now I'm forced to work on my legs all the time. And I'm hoping that next year, like we'll have a real shot at that world team, you know, but none of that would have been possible if Brittany hadn't have been, you know, encouraged me and got that to see me, like got me to see that in myself, you know? So that's why I think, and I, I think Brittany is going to be like one of the, one of the top coaches in like USA weightlifting for a very long time. And I'm still like kind of a, a new in the sport really. Like when we're around and like talking about weightlifting stuff, I don't, I don't know anything. So it might be a little naive for me to say that, but I think I can say that with confidence because of how good she is at getting people to believe in themselves. And that's why like when she told me to put 155 on the bar, which would have been, you know, it would have been a PR snatch. Like I had no doubt in my mind that I could do it because whenever she tells me to put something on the bar, she's like, Hey, I wouldn't tell you to put this on if I didn't believe that you could do it. And like, that gives me a lot of confidence. And then I'm like, okay, I can do it. And most of the time I can't, this time I just broke my arm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's funny though. Like the, um, you know, like having, having that confidence, you see people, a lot of times on PR attempts, people just, you can see that they're not going to make it before they even go for it. And she actually said when I did the podcast with her, we don't Clark. Like, we don't – that's something that I purposely tell people. Like, I'm not going to tell you to do something I don't think you can do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel that 100%. And I think the only reason that – because she, I think, felt bad when I injured myself. And, of course, she, anyone would as a coach. Um but like she didn't tell me a weight that I wasn't capable of doing. I pretty much, I pretty much hit the weight. I, it was my own, it was really my fault for holding on to it too long. Like when it started to go back behind me, I should have dropped it, but I was really, really fighting for it. Um, and I just held on to it too long, you know? And like, it wasn't even like my, well, obviously it was my, my joint failing, but it wasn't like I didn't have any elbow injuries or anything. I just held on to it 
too long and the position was just like man all that weight just went right through my elbow you know so it wasn't it was so the fact that she believed in me so much i believed in myself i held on to it too long and that's why the injury happened you know and i think the one thing that's going to be the hardest to get back is the confidence of throwing that much weight over your head you know because i never had a second thought about it before and i think it once i start lifting and snatching again and building back up i don't think it'll be an issue by the time i get there um and of course with Brittany as my coach i don't think it'll be an issue but that's the one thing i'm kind of worried about is like okay like because i can think about it and i can feel that feeling right now of my elbow dislocating and i'm like okay is that ever going to go away or is that always going to be in the back of my head and i don't know we'll see and as a chiropractor do you have to do you have to shut that side of your brain off like usually you know like health and wellness versus trying to make team usa isn't isn't usually in alignment absolutely because you are pushing your body to the brink right like when you are like and i think that's part of the reason because i don't want people to think that i'm on steroids or anything because i've i put so many kilos on my total in a year because me and Brittany, we really did we put like i don't know 30 or 40 kilos on my my total in a year which is kind of that's unheard of at least i think it is i'm still a noob in this part but i think like most people don't do that but i think what it was was like a she cleaned up a lot of my crappy crossfit technique and like you know b she got me to to really believe in myself um but i think like too it's just where's it going with this because i think you know her getting me to be confident and actually throwing that weight up over my head you know like that's something i didn't have before you know so like getting me to like dig down deep and be able to express that um, was part of the reason I would, there was like, and I think the lots of people have this, there's lots of kilos left on the table for a lot of people um, just because of confidence alone, you know, like I would, I would beg to say like a lot of people, especially if they struggle with confidence, definitely in CrossFit, um, you know, there's five kilos on both of their lifts that they're capable of hitting right now that they just, they just don't have, you know? Yeah, I mean our our brains are wired to not seek discomfort. So like Yeah, absolutely. So you're constantly fighting. I mean trying to to be at the top of your sport, you're going to have to shut that off all the time. Like every time you go for a snatch that you want puts you on the podium, your your brain doesn't want you to do that. It's like hell no, I don't want to put 300 pounds over my body. I don't have to. Right. Right. Yeah, and I mean like your joints like Man, they're holding on and they're fighting like your muscles too. That's the thing why it's, it's important to make those smart jumps and progressively build up to that point. Right. Um, so your body can handle it, but yeah, you are, you are riding the line there for sure. Especially once you get up to a hundred, hundred percent and say you're going for a lift that you've never hit before. Right. You don't even know what it feels like to be under that much weight. You're just hoping that your body will, will be able to handle it, you know? So that, that does take a lot of, and if your training's good, um, and your coach is smart, like you should be able to handle whatever's on the bar. Like maybe if, if things are coming down to like, Hey, you need to clean and jerk this. Like we need to make, we need to make a eight, 10 kilo jump. So for you to be able to make a team, like, and we've never even attempted to, to do this before. Like you wouldn't do that in training, but like, yeah, you, sometimes you got to ride that line when you're trying to make those teams. I would never suggest that to anyone just in the gym. Right. 
but yeah, you're right. When you're competing in at the top of any sport, your your body is like I I would not recommend that to a lot of my patients, for sure. And so, uh, like, are you doing all your own recovery work? Yeah, well, partially. So, the cool thing is, I actually have a friend who's a weightlifter in Austin. Um, he had a very similar injury happen to him about a year ago. Um, and he just came back and PR'd his snatch like a month ago. Um, so like when I was in the ER, I was actually texting him and I was just asking for advice and stuff. And like, I've been working with him and he's been kind of like, um, doing some dry needling stuff doing like, cause when it first happened, it was like, it was so swollen and like, so bruised up and stuff. There wasn't a whole lot we could do, but just try to get the inflammation down. All right. So he's been helping me with that. And now the inflammation's pretty much, you know, it's not all gone, but it's, it's, it's getting there. And now it's just working on getting my range of motion back, letting those ligaments heal. So like, there's a lot that we can do and I'm doing literally everything that I can, but like, unfortunately I can't speed up time. Right. So like I'm doing everything, giving my body all the nutrients and sleep and doing like my sauna, my cold plunge, my float tank, you know, like all my rehab stuff. Like I'm working with this grip putty right now, like just, you know, stuff to do to try to strengthen everything I can. Um, but when it comes to like the ligament damage, unfortunately, like there is a time frame that you can't speed up and you just have to be patient. Like you can make, you can probably, so say like, if we're talking about, and that's why I usually we'll say like, okay, like with this ligament injury, six to eight weeks, right? Six to eight weeks is what we're looking at for it to heal. You know, if I do everything right, yeah, we can hit that six, six week mark, right? But if we don't do it, if we don't do things, extra things, then it's going to take eight, nine weeks. You know what I mean? So I'm doing everything I can to make the process as fast as I can. The hardest part is just waiting and just being like, okay, well, I'm doing everything I can, but it's still going to take six weeks. And then once six weeks rolls around, then I can put a barbell overhead and then it's going to take five months to get back to where I was, you know, like, but thinking about that, it's, it's okay. It's just being patient, which is the hard part. Yeah. And I mean, you know, thinking like doing the stuff that you can do today, like if you think, if you think about 11 months from now or however long it's going to take to get back, you're like, Oh, is this even worth it? Like I should just be done. But if you're like, no, today I can work on grip. I can do my squats. I can do, you know, I can use the safety bar, all that stuff. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I can get through today. Yeah. I started safety bar squats two days after it happened because me and Brittany were both like, okay, let's do everything we can. You know, like we can still work our legs, you know, like, so we've been safety bar squatting, bunch of sleds, bunch of belt squats, you know, a bunch of like leg presses, leg curls, like everything we can do lower body pretty much. We've been doing it. Um, so, and that was my weakest part anyways. So I'm hoping like, you know, this would be much worse if I hurt my knee because I'm our, my overhead was already my strength. So now it's like, okay, I can actually work on what I'm bad at. So it's like forcing me to really, really hone in on my weaknesses. Yeah, I I always thought about that like when I first started getting into weightlifting and I really fell in love with just just being in the gym. I was like what would be worse, like hurting my upper body or lower body? And I always used to think it would be I would rather hurt my lower body cuz then I could do like curls and bench press and now yeah, I'm definitely yeah. completely on the opposite where I was going to say maybe for aesthetics. Yeah. If you just want to look good, right? Then yeah, cuz then you can still do your curls and your bench press and everything. It's just yeah, so it's not boring, cool to though. have one small. Yeah, it's so boring. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm like, I'm now, especially t- like two, two and a half weeks into this, like, 
I'm completely at peace with where everything is. And it's just like, okay, like whatever Brittany program for me today, that's what I'm doing. And then I'm just focusing as much as I can on recovery. And just like you were saying, focusing on each day, one at a time. I think that's why a lot of people don't reach their goals, you know, and like my wife's a nutritionist and she sees this a lot. Like if you just keep like looking so far down the road, right? Yeah. You're going to quit. You're going to quit or you're going to get discouraged. But if you do everything you can to say, and then you look in the mirror at the end of the day and you're proud of yourself for the work you put in that day, then you can, then you can sleep good. And then tomorrow you wake up and do the same thing, everything you can. And then your 11 months is here before you know it. And you're a different person and you reach your goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah the time's going to pass anyway. Yep. It is whether or not you're doing the work or not. Yeah. You, know? you could take, you could take 11 months off and then like, hopefully you're pain-free at that point. But I mean, that's something we see. Like, do you see, um, as in chiropractic, do you see like people, I mean, I feel like chiropractors are good where they want you to train as far as like modern medicine, they're like, Oh, if you get injured, like stop doing that thing. Like if you went to an elbow specialist, they'd be like, Hey, look, you're done weightlifting. That's it. Yeah. And I don't think that my ortho is going to be listening to this podcast. So I think it's okay to, to say this, but I mean like a mobilization, right. And like, like taking anti-inflammatories, like those type of things. Like it's like when, you know, someone comes in and they're like, my knee hurts when it's when I squat, like, and they say, don't squat, you know, it's like, okay, but like, it's not that simple, right? And I, that is super old school, like, a lot of research now is like, if you keep doing activities, you know, and early mo- mobilizing, then you are going to get back to doing what you're, you were doing much, much faster, you know, like, trust your body to know how to heal. Obviously, you got to be smart, right? So like, you have to know the person and like, so saying like for me to be immobilized for two weeks, like if, if I didn't have any understanding of anatomy or like my body limits, right. Body awareness, then it's like, okay, like, yeah, you need to keep this immobilized because you could make it worse. Right. So, but like, if you are keeping it within a range and you're being smart, like you're going to make it better much, much faster if you keep doing things, you know? Yeah, usually like doing nothing. I mean, doing nothing in any sense is usually like the worst possible thing you could do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is more, it is more old school thought process, you know, like just rest it, just ice it, you know, like just take anti-inflammatories, you know. And unfortunately, I think that's slowing people's healing down. Uh, And I think it's also like making them weaker uh, in the long run you know what i mean so i don't know it's i i am stubborn so i have to check myself and i have to make my wife check me and make sure i'm not doing something that i'm not supposed to be doing um and not pushing it too much but i think i think i'm doing a good job and i think i'm going to make the recovery much faster by you know doing all these things that i'm doing so what about the anti-inflammatories actually makes it worse yeah, man. So this is an interesting topic, but I mean, like in, when I was in the ER and then, you know, doctors afterwards, like basically are encouraging you to take the most anti-inflammatories you can, right? Um, and a lot of the research now is coming out is saying like, yes, like too much inflammation is bad. Like we need to control it, but we don't want to shut it off, right? Because so think about when I, when I dislocated my elbow, it like right away, what's happening is the body's sending 
cells there, right? It's sending all these cells there that are going to heal the, the injury, right? They're going to clear out anything that's damaged, right? Remove all that debris, and then they're going to help rebuild it, right? And that's the inflammatory process, right? Or another example of, you know, when you're doing, say you do a bunch of bicep curls, right? And your biceps are really sore. You are breaking down those muscles, right? You're breaking down those fibers and then they rebuild stronger. You're causing inflammation to rebuild them stronger, right? So the inflammatory process is very innate and it's very, very smart, right? So it's got, it's got a job. And say when I dislocated my elbow, I was just taking max anti-inflammatories for the next two weeks. What I'm doing is I'm actually dampening my body's healing response, okay? And I mean, like, if I'm, if I'm shutting that off and I'm, like, taking all those cells out of there, um, then that ligament, is it's going to heal, but it's not going to be as strong as it could have been, right? Now, there, there is a catch-22 there because I don't want a bunch of swelling just to sit there all the time, right? So taking some to control it is good, but taking a bunch and for prolonged use is not good. So, like, I would say for me, like, I took anti-inflammatories the first two days because it's so swollen. And then I didn't take any NSAIDs after that. Um, and, like, another, another like, problem we're having nowadays is people taking these anti-inflammatories daily, right? Either in anticipation of having pain or, like, oh, my knees hurt all the time. You know, I'm training. I'm just going to take these, you know, I'm going to take Tylenol or ibuprofen before I work out so my knees don't hurt. You know, A, you're you're dampening your body's, like, sensation of what's going on there. So you're probably making it worse. And then B, you know, you're, you're so with A, you're ignoring it, right? You're not actually fixing it. And then B, you're, you're dampening your body's ability to actually heal it, right? Because you're putting those anti-inflammatories in, which we already have. And then your body's now not going to be as good at handling inflammation in the future because you're artificially handling it all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's interesting. I know that was a lot, but it is interesting. Um, and I think it's a big problem that we have because it does a good job, you know, like it brings down inflammation. It makes it feel better, but in the long run, it's probably hurting you. Yes. So those cells, they're like, he they're healing anti-inflammatories themselves. Exactly. Yeah. They, yeah, it was exactly. So they're going there because when you break something down, we got to kind of clear out the debris, right? And then we need to, build back up those tissues stronger you know and we have the body's like super amazing and it has these processes already to do this right like right when you enter something that 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 whole process is already starting right so when you injure a tissue we kind of go through these three phases so we got the inflammatory phase the repair phase and then the remodeling phase usually that inflammatory phase will be like you know it starts, you know, within the injury to hours after the injury. And then it's like, that's going on for days to maybe a week. And then we move into like, okay, like we've handled this. We're now we're in this repair phase where we're trying to like repair it. And that's like days to weeks, you know, maybe a month. And then like the remodeling phase is like, okay, now we're trying to make this stronger. We're trying to build it like it was before. And that's weeks to months, right? So if you're putting stuff into kind of, you know, mess with that cycle, it's, it's going to kind of throw that whole cascade off, right? So your body's not going to be able to like do those things and actually repair it and rebuild it like it's supposed to. So that's why we see people like having these recurrent injuries when we're, when we're handling them with, you know, immobilizing them, 
then things get stiff, things get weak, and we're handling the anti-inflammatories, it's not rebuilding as strong as it's supposed to. So now we just keep having these recurrent injuries. So you're basically just staying in phase one all the time, and you're never getting yeah. to phase two or three. Well, that, yeah, kind of. I mean, you're kind of shutting off that phase one, right? So then each phase never really accomplishes what it, it like your body's still going to heal, but it's not achieving those stages like it's like it was like trying to or supposed to or as good as it could have. Yeah, but that's pretty that's pretty like new. I mean, I don't even know if I'd say that's new now, but like it takes a long time for the newest, you know, research and what we know to actually get like this probably will be in textbooks five to ten years from now, you know. So it's it's it sucks because like I didn't really like I learned some of that stuff in school, but that's not what a lot of the textbooks are saying, you know. So that's why you can't even hardly fault. Well, they should be keeping up the research, but you can't even hardly fault some of the doctors that are prescribing these things because that's what they learned. You know, I I very seldom think that doctors are purposely doing anything wrong or like giving advice to a patient they don't think is right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it, but I don't think they're doing it. I don't think it's coming from bad place. Yeah, and if you, I mean, if you haven't, like, for people who don't know what a snatcher clean and jerk is, it's very hard for you to get reliable advice from them on how to fix yourself. If they're like, what, do you, what are you even doing, man? Like you got to stop doing it was, yeah. <laughs> it was funny in the ER. Cause I had the, my wife was with me and she had the video on her phone. So like, when everyone was asking what happened, like we would just show them the video and like some of the nurses and doctors were like, well, don't ever try to put that much weight over your head again. I'm like, well, don't ever try to do that again, okay? And it's like, like, okay, yeah, okay. It's just like, yeah, they they don't understand, and it's that's fine. I get it. I'm like, yeah, like, I won't ever try again. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, where do you see yourself taking weightlifting? Like, what's the what's the end goal? Yeah. Um. So the goal is to make a world team, senior world team. Um. You know, me and Brittany had talked and we thought that it was possible this year. So the final cutoff for the team this year will be nationals to a couple weeks, you know, and every the stars would have had to align perfectly, you know, like, and I would have had to have like my best queen and jerk day of my life. So it like, it was maybe possible, but like, I think more realistically, you know, like next year or the year after, so say that 2023 or 2024 world team is probably the goal. And I mean, I'm 27. I'd like to say my training age is is fairly low in this sport, you know. So I'd like to say I have a good five or six more years, you know, where I can continue to see progress. Um, with working with Brittany for just over a year, it's been cool because we've. It's almost like the honeymoon phase where, like, we've been like seeing so many, you know, like my numbers just keep going up, right? And then eventually, you kind of hit that plateau and progress is slower. And we're not there yet, so which is which is cool, right? So I'm, I'm still like, I think when I started with her, you know, like I had maybe I think 138, like so. And I was it was always in pounds too because I was doing CrossFit, so that's a little confusing. So like, like I said, I think my total went up like 40 kilos in the year, and then like that one that I hurt my elbow would have been a PR on my on my snatch. Um, so I don't know. I think that uh, I think you know me and Brittany got a really good thing going. 
and I'm going to commit to it for probably the next four or five years. You know, I don't have kids yet. So when the kids start coming, like priorities could change. Right. I think it's sometimes silly to plan things. Right. But my, my, my plan is four or five more years, you know, like committing to working really hard at this. And like the goal is to make a world team. And I think that's, I think that's doable. And like, you know, obviously, like I said, Brittany really thinks it's doable and she, and like her confidence makes me even more confident. You know, when I started with her, I had like a list I had written out like a couple weeks before just of like goals and stuff. And like, I had a lifetime goal. So I wanted to do this like in my life sometime was clean 400 pounds. And like, we did that within a year and I was like, and I told her that and I was like, man, I had this on my, I wrote this down to like maybe do like in my life. And I, and she was like, yeah, that's, I mean, hard work and believing in yourself can go a really long way. So that, that's the goal with the sport. Um, but also it's just like, it's fun because I made so many like friendships and like bear barbell alone is an amazing community. Like it's, it's awesome. Um, so like making all those friendships and fa- almost, you know, family there and then in Austin, like making all these connections with weightlifters here, like, and now I'm actually on like, I'm like the athlete representative for the Texas, Oklahoma, like board, you know? So like weightlifting has become like a really, really like, like intricate part of my life, which like, so I'm just excited, like taking it day by day and like, yeah, the competition is, is awesome. And that's the ultimate goal. That's what I'm training for. But like just seeing how like the sport of weightlifting is like changing my life and how that's going to evolve over the years is like super awesome, you know? Yeah, that's really cool. So it's like it's bigger than just just being on the world team. It is. It is because that's like that is no small feat, obviously. Right. And that's super cool. And that's going to be something that anyone who's on a world team, you know, no one can take that away from them. They have that for the rest of their life. You know, like getting that singlet, earning it, wearing it, representing Team USA is amazing, right? Like I look forward to that day. Um, but it, I think if that's your sole goal, that can be, I think, because that, that is going to come and go. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be here. It's going to be amazing. And I'm going to have that forever. But then what what is left after that? What, what relationships did I make? Um, you know, like how did I use weightlifting to, you know, like, spread positivity and spread love and like touch people's lives, you know, like that's, what's going to last. And then that's, what's going to open doors for, for me afterwards to keep doing that because there is going to come a day when you can't compete anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, like, Hey, you you like new, new generations in whatever you're too old injuries, whatever, like you're going to not be able to compete forever. So what's left after that. And I think that's most important because then your legacy is going to be, all right, Lane Palm, he was on the world team for this year and this year and this year. Yes, I'm going to do it three times. But uh, he, but more than that, like he did this, this, and this with, you know, his time. And he helped. I have actually, so I have a notebook that I like kind of like write whenever I have thoughts or quotes that I like or anything, I will write them down. And one time I was thinking about like what actually makes someone great, right? Because you think about like a great in a sport or like a great like, I don't know, president or whatever, you know, like someone who's changed history or whatever. And I don't think like any one, like any accomplishments make like you great, or you can look back at the end of your life and say that I lived a great life. I think it's like, how many people did you 
influence and how many people's lives did you change for the better you know like that's what makes a great life and that's what makes a person great so I, that's why i want this to be like like if someone comes up and talks to me while i'm training i talk to them and i try not to be a dick and be like hey i'm training right now like don't talk to me because like i think that the relationships we have and the influences we have on people in their lives like it's that's way way more um important than say you know whatever i whatever i do in the sport or whatever like team i qualify for you know what i mean yeah that's a great way of looking at it i mean is it is it hard though like is it hard to you know when when somebody interrupts you in training and it's like very extremely yeah man i sometimes yeah it, it is hard it is hard because you're in the zone or like say you're having a, a bad training session or things just feel heavy and then it's like someone comes in and they start talking to you in between your set or something or maybe it carries on a little bit longer than you you know would have liked it to and then you're like a little bit late for your next are you cold for your next set right it's it is extremely frustrating and i think in my head too i'm like you know the thoughts come in they're like you know you're getting frustrated but then i keep trying to tell myself whenever that happens is like hey like people are people are more important people are more important like like showing that you care for people is more important than getting this next set in and uh my coach would probably tell me that that's bad and that, because of course that is taking away from my training right but i yeah so i would lie i would i would be lying if i said it didn't frustrate me and i'd be lying if i said i tried to sometimes train in environments where i couldn't get interrupted <laughs> you know what i mean but i but like you get where i'm going with this is like yes it frustrates me but i try to keep i try to keep it clear in my mind that the most important thing is like you know how, how am i influencing other people because what i do just for myself is is shallow and that's going to be short lived you know and like nobody really cares like how good you are at a sport if you're a dick or if you like don't care about people right and then when that time comes when you're done competing what's left who's there you know what i mean like we we've all seen those stories where people are just like shallow self-absorbed and like people love them when they're at the top and they're competing and then when they're done competing nobody cares you know what i mean nobody cares because all you everything you did was just for yourself you know what i mean and then i think you know that deep in your heart too you get you get to the end of your life or whatever and you're like man like i lived for myself and i didn't live for others and i think that is that would cause more regret than me not making a world team and i'm hoping that this this mindset is going to be something that makes me a better athlete and helps elevate me um, in the long run because I can see the flip side of the coin too, where it's like, okay, you never made a world team because you couldn't be selfish because <laughs> a lot of the best athletes in the world are selfish. You know what I mean? And they, and you have to be sometimes. So I battle with that a little bit, but I know it's more important. Yeah. My girlfriend and I, um, you know, we take weightlifting seriously, but sometimes the best conversations we have, I'm like, hey, we're doing this for our health and we're doing it for fun. And like, if if we're not doing those two things, like what what's the point of even doing it? Like we should just do something else. Yeah, absolutely. Life's short too, you know? 
life is short. And if you, if you're not having fun and you're not doing it because you love it. Right. That's why like some, it's important to like, make sure like, okay, like are my goals my own or are my goals just my coaches? Right. You know, cause if you're doing something just for someone else, then a, you're probably never going to reach that goal, but B it's not going to be fulfilling. You know what I mean? So like, that's, it's cool that me and, me and Brittany are able, we have a great coach uh, athlete relationship. We're able to like just talk about things and like develop goals together and like set expectations and stuff. And we, and our goals for me align perfectly, you know? So like, I got one reason why we work so well together too. Like she doesn't have different goals for me than I have for myself. You know what I mean? And she at the bottom line just wants what's best for me, you know? And I mean, Brittany's got, plenty of good athletes you know like she's and she's gonna get keep getting more and more you know so i think i think that's why i said earlier that she's gonna be one of the best and she's gonna be around for a long time um because she always she puts that just like i in my training session will put try to put other people above my own needs she does that with her with her athletes you know time and time again like she'll put them before herself and she just posted the other day too because you know, she probably had goals about, you know, competing in weightlifting and stuff. And now, like, as a coach, like, that's a lot harder for her to train, you know. So she's she's chosen time and time again to put other people above herself. And that's why, you know, as a coach, she's seeing such good success. Yeah, you have to you have to choose. It's very hard to be be top notch at both. Yeah. And that's tough. Yeah. Well, for sure, man. I'm I'm sure we could go on for for a long time, but I want to be cognizant of your time. It's we're at about an hour and five minutes right now. That's pretty good. That's a good sweet spot. Yeah, man. But I I definitely love to have you back uh, when you get healthy and kind of hear how the the whole rebuilding process went. And uh, I'm sure after we can, I make the world team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Well, where can people find you if they want to keep following your journey? Yeah. So and. So my Instagram page is, is Lane Palm DC and DC stands for uh, doctor of chiropractic. I always wonder if people know what that means or if they just like, like what are these letters behind his name? But my name is spelled L A Y N E P A L M and then DC. And then uh, that's, I mean, I'm not cool enough to have like a website or anything. So that's about it. <laughs> you can find me there. And I, I'm trying to do a good job of like, um, tracking this journey too because i think it can be encouraging to see like hey you have an injury but you can keep doing a lot of stuff and if you stay positive like you know you can you can come back from anything so that's what i'm trying to to push and show it's motivating for sure like seeing other people especially going through something as bad as you went through and and you know hopefully coming out on the other side of it right and even if it's not you know, the same thing where it's a physical injury, but it could be any sort of struggle that they're going through. Right. You know, just seeing other people work, see that, you know, like I'm struggling, but like, I'm not alone in my struggle. Other people are struggling too. You know, Instagram can put out a very false fake reality sometimes and it can be discouraging, but it's important to remember. Yeah. It's important to remember that we're all humans and we're all struggling. Yeah. We could probably do a whole podcast on that. (laughs) I think so. Yeah, we'll set up a part two. Yeah, for sure, man. (laughs) Well, thanks again for doing this. This was fun. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Angelo.